Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. Our guest today is someone that has some really interesting insights for you. You do not want to miss this. Jason Pfeiffer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Guys, Jason is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine and host of three podcasts, Pessimist Archive, a show about why the pessimists of the past were wrong and how to be optimistic about the future, Hush Money, about the way money makes life awkward, and Problem Solvers, about entrepreneurs solving unexpected problems in their business. He's been an editor for Men's Health, Fast Company, Maxim, and Boston Magazine, and he's written about business and technology for Washington Post, Slate, New York, and others. He also has a novel, Mr. Nice Guy, which he wrote with his wife and is currently being developed for television. And he lives in Brooklyn, my hometown, Brooklyn in the house. Yeah, I miss it. I'm not there now. You know, COVID, well, COVID has forced us to migrate West. So we are in Colorado right now. Oh, that's And that is where I will just, I'll just note now that is where you will hear a 22 month old surely at some point during this show (laughs) running around. It's hashtag COVID living. This is just the way it goes. Exactly. Jason, you have a very, very impressive resume. Um, Before I dive into that, I want to just hit the the reason we ended up in this conversation is mm-hmm. you know the media business really really well and mm-hmm. there's a lot of confusion under the category of pr i'm making little quote marks for everyone who can't see me um yeah. where you know there's pay to play where people will pay to get their things into media or they'll pay other people to try to get their stuff into media for free. Um, Whenever someone sees someone featured in one of these big magazines, Entrepreneur, Forbes, Men's Health, Fast Company, any of these, they're like, oh, they must be really special. So just can you crack it open for us a little bit what this world looks like for real though? Yeah, sure. So look, there are a couple different ways to talk about this, and we can go in whatever direction you want. There is the question of how do you get press, legitimate press coverage? How do you get reporters and editors' attention and get them to want to write about you? And then there's all this shady garbage that you might run into online where you get a DM from somebody that says, I will get you an article on Entrepreneur or Forbes or whatever, and the cost is $5,000 and something, something, something. And the first stuff is, of course, super legit, and you can get a reporter's attention for free, you can do it yourself, or you could hire someone whose job is to be good at doing that kind of thing, like a publicist, all perfectly legit stuff. And then there's this other nonsense. And what I what I wanna stress to people is that although you are seeing those offers, they are not blessed by 
the publications. They are often not real, like the person can't actually deliver on that. And if they do somehow manage to deliver on it, there's a reason for it. And it's because they are abusing a system that had been set up by a publication. And the second that that publication figures that out, and they will figure it out, they will delete the article. And so you will have paid $5,000 for something that will not exist for very long. So my, my advice is to always delete those DMs. Do not engage with them. Those people are garbage. They will, they will take your money and you will not get a lot from it. Oh, okay. So that, that was very strong. That was very yes. Well, I, I, I feel, listen, I feel very strongly about this because Look, I've spent my entire career and my, and and all of my colleagues have spent our entire careers doing one thing and that is building reader trust, right? We are there to serve our readers. Whatever publication it is, it doesn't matter. And I've worked at a lot of them and I've written for a lot more of them. Our job is to understand what value this publication provides to its audience and then to provide that value and to do it in a way that is trustworthy, that honors the time and interest that the reader is giving us, and that is honest and truthful. And the second, the second that people think that what they're seeing is paid for, it demolishes all of that work, right? It just, it just throws a wrecking ball into all of that work. And so it absolutely pisses me off. I am furious at these people who are saying that they can sell access into these publications because what you are really doing is undermining the value of that publication. And you're undermining all the good work that everyone has ever done in that publication. And so, yeah, it makes me super angry. And I want to have people know that you can trust, you can trust what you're reading and that the people who are claiming otherwise are fraudulent. Got it. Wow. I love, I love your passion. I, I have a couple of my soapboxes also, but I, your passion is evident and it's your passion for the readership. It's your passion for the integrity of the publications. And I, I love that because in marketing there, there definitely are a couple of people who lack integrity um, yeah. really out there and, you know, keeping the space clean, especially when it also gets a bad rap, right? Cause to manipulate just means to form. It's not bad. It's mm -hmm. not good. Um, the whole concept. So I love this. All right. So I want to, I want to pause this because I want to go deeper in to how do people differentiate between legit publicists and these scammers? What can yeah. they do on their own? But we're going to get there. How did you get to where you are, right? Editor-in-chief entrepreneur magazine. That's, that's a pretty big deal. It's a, yeah, it's a good deal. Pretty it's a big good deal. Uh -huh. so what, what was this journey? And you have your own business on the side, you have your own stuff that you do as well. Mm -hmm. So kind of, how did you get to where you are today? So the the short version of it is that I wandered. Uh, I I came to a couple realizations early on in my career. And when I say early on in my career, I started as a community newspaper reporter. So you picked up the Gardner News, tiny little newspaper, North Central Massachusetts, and I was the guy writing a series of articles about the local diners or about the that. local middle school play or something. That's what, that's how I started. And I, I had a couple important realizations in that. And then, and then another job early on, and they were this number one, 
I realized I, so I, I worked at that job for at the Gardner News for about a year. And I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that it involved writing and it involved working at the highest level possible. I just knew I had it in me. I can work at the highest level possible. Well, what does that mean exactly? I just didn't know. And so I just had, you know, I was just dreaming of, well, what are the largest newspapers? I was in the newspaper business. Could I, could I get a job at the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, something like that? And so I was busting my tail at this publication. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little town, writing about nothing because there was nothing happening. <laughs> and I eventually realized this thing that was very, very important that I've kept with me ever since. And it is this. Nobody at the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal, none of them ever were going to pick up this tiny little newspaper that I was working for and read my article about the local diner and say, hey, kid, we're bringing you up to the big time, right? <laughs> never, never. Ne it was never going to happen. Never. And so that meant that I was wasting my time sitting around at that paper. I could not wait for people to come to me. I had to go to them. And what did that mean? Well, it meant that I needed to figure out a way to prove to these people at these publications that I was ready to write for them now. And so I quit. I quit the newspaper. I went and sat in my bedroom in small town, Massachusetts, next to a graveyard. And the rent was $500 a month. And I just started cold pitching, cold pitching, just coming up with ideas, figuring out an editor's email. I didn't know anybody and just sending out ideas. And, you know, for every 15 or 20 people who just ignored me, a handful of them would, would actually respond and say no. And maybe one would say yes or maybe or let's talk about it or something. And through that, after nine months of that and not making very much money at all. I got a few wins. I got into the Washington Post. I got a story into the Boston Globe. I, I got a few pieces into the Associated Press. And then I took a, another job at a smaller newspaper because I needed steady income and I was just getting bored and lonely at home. But I had learned something important, which was I had to keep going to them. So then I started doing two things at once. And I've always, always, forever done two things at once. I did my full-time job and I did my side job. And that's because I realized this other really important thing. And that is, and, and, and I didn't have the words for this at the time, but now I do, having looked back upon my own career and, and the careers of others. And it's this, in front of you, in front of me, in front of everyone who's listening to this, at any time, we have two sets of opportunities. Opportunity set A and opportunity set B. Opportunity set A are all the things that are asked of us at our job, or if we're running a company, the things that we have to, whatever it is. All, 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 the, all, all the KPIs, all the expectations. That's all opportunity set A. All, things, all the requirements. You got your have tos. Exactly, have tos. Opportunity set B are all the things that are available to us that nobody's asking us to do. And opportunity set B, I came to realize very early in my career, is always more important than opportunity set A. Infinitely more important than opportunity set A. Because if you focus only on opportunity set A, the only thing that you are qualified to do is the thing that you're already doing. And opportunity set B is where you learn and where you grow. And so every single job that I've ever had after that, after that realization, after I quit my first job and then took the second job and was freelancing on the side, I've always done two things at once. And I've always thought that the stuff that I'm doing, that I'm creating on my own, that nobody is measuring me by, 
that's the stuff that's more important because that's the stuff that's going to get me to where I want to be, even if I have no idea where that is. So when you ask, how do I get to be editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine? The answer is that I just did that over and over and over again. I, I took, I had other jobs at other magazines, and then I kept finding new ways to build skills that magazine wasn't asking of me, even if I had no idea what it was for. And then I saw what opportunities came of it. And eventually it led me here. I love this. So there were a few really key points. Like I didn't want to interrupt you because I love, I love your energy. I love Thanks. the way you're expressing it. Um, but some of the really key points were nine months, nine months of cold pitching mm-hmm. to get into a few places. Most people give up after nine days, nine hours, you know, nine weeks. And and something that you know we see over and over with all the successful people that we interview, it takes time. Come to what I'm doing for almost 12 years. You know, it yeah. takes time and people give up too soon. Mm-hmm. I want to break down that cold pitching. And the other thing is I love that, you know, opportunity said A and B, right? There's always a place to grow. There's always a growth mindset. And if it's not being provided to you within the framework of your current employment, do stuff on the side. Yeah. Call, I call it work your next job. You can do it right now. You can work your next job right now. So give me, uh, so many questions I want to ask you. I'm going to get lost in a rabbit hole because I want to focus on the, on the business applications, but okay. I just have to know this. Did sure. you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? Meaning, cause with the newspaper, you're reaching out to them. Let's say all the editor in chief positions. So you're building all these skills. Are you then getting poached? Is it coming to you? Or are you then saying, Hey, I've built these skills. I have more experience in the business realm. Let me see what I can do at a business publication. Oh, I went to everybody. I went to everybody. Uh, I don't think that there was a single time in which somebody, I've had people come to me and say, hey, you're doing great stuff. You should come work for us. And I'll be honest, I've never been interested in those jobs. Just like not once has somebody come to me with that setup at a job that I've been interested in. Every single time that I've made a move, it's because I went to them. Now, that doesn't mean that I just like, decided I will work for that magazine and just go pounding on a door. Right. I mean, I heard about it, right? Like, I, you know, I heard about it. You, you, you build a network. And so people tell you about opportunities and then you reach out and you show that you are able to step up to the opportunity that's on offer. And, you know, the reason, I mean, the really interesting thing is that every single time that I did it, I think that the reason why somebody said yes to me was because of what I had honed in Opportunity Set B. I mean, I'll give you an example. So one of the things that Entrepreneur really liked about me when we were talking about me becoming editor-in-chief was that I'm good on camera. You know, I, I can go out and I can represent the brand. I can go on television. I can do this. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm good on mic and I'm good on stage. I know how to talk. And where did that come from? Well, where it came from was a number of years earlier when I was at Fast Company and I was hired as a print editor. I was editing short and long stories in the print magazine. And then a video department was created. And there was no expectation that people on the print team would be a part of the video production. But 
I was interested in it. I knew that if I could just get in front of camera, a camera regularly, I would learn something about how to be good on camera. And then that would translate in ways that I couldn't even imagine. I didn't know how to be on camera at all. And so I just started doing it. And I, I created I created a number of regular series in which I was on camera. And the director, this guy Scott, would give me good feedback about how, for example, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd watch me do something and then he'd come up and he'd be like, so here's the thing, you're not moving your face at all. Like it just, you're not, you're just like not moving your face. And so the only thing that's moving is your mouth and that doesn't play well. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. I have to become more expressive. I've got to move my eyes, my eyebrows. Uh, uh, and, and so doing this kind of stuff taught me even basics. I didn't know how to make eye contact with a camera. Now I do, but I didn't back then. And so all of this stuff, which I was doing, even though nobody had asked me to do, was really learning a skill that would pay off many, many years later in a way that I didn't expect, right? I mean, when I was doing it, I was thinking, maybe I'll get a television show. I didn't get a television show, but what I did get was an editor-in-chief at a national magazine job, and in part because I was really good on camera. So I was always, always looking for those things. And then when I'm going to that next job and I'm saying, look, consider me, I've got what you need, I have this wide range of skills that maybe my competitors don't have because they didn't do the thing that I did. I love that. And guys, as for business, it's the exact same thing, right? Because jobs, it's, it's the same thing. In your business, as you grow, if you're not growing at all, competitors are coming up and they're doing other things that you're not. If you want to mm -hmm. stay on your edge, you've got to always be at the edge. That, that is it. Always learning, always growing, always developing. So I want to jump back to PR now. Cause mm -hmm. I am, I, I've been around yeah. and uh, I want to know your take. If someone's trying to figure out if a publicist is legit or they're a scammer, right? Cause they both charge a proper publicist will charge. And so will a scam artist charge. Yeah. How do they figure out the difference? Okay. So the number one word that you're going to look for is the word guarantee. If somebody is guaranteeing you press coverage, they're not legit. They're just straight up, not legit because a publicist cannot guarantee press coverage. You know what a good publicist can do? Like what can a good publicist guarantee? And, 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 and I really emphasize that word good because let's talk about publicists for a bit and how even the ones who are legit, some of them are just good at their jobs and some of them are not. Some of them are terrible. They some of them are just spray absolutely spray. terrible. Such a waste of your time because all they're going to do is send out emails. Uh, a good publicist has relationships. A good publicist builds relationships with journalists. And the thing that they can guarantee is maybe some meetings or maybe that somebody will consider. That's what they can guarantee. Right. They can they introduce can, you. They can they connect can, you. That's right. Because they can rely upon their network, but they can't guarantee the coverage because the coverage ultimately is the decision of the journalist and the publicist is not involved in that process. So when somebody says that they can guarantee, well, then that either means they're lying to you or somehow somebody's getting paid off. And I can explain who's getting paid off. So yeah, explain. I want I want a little bit of the, can you have that underbelly? I want a little yeah. bit of the underbelly here. Sure, sure. Okay. So it's it's complicated. <laughs> You're fucking gonna follow me here. I oh, love and by the way, by the way, I just wanna I just want to throw in like a uh, if you want to see what pitches look like and, and what like what is my inbox i do this thing on my instagram my instagram is at hey pfeiffer h-e-y-f-e-i-f-e-r hey pfeiffer and uh 
straight out of my inbox. Uh, sometimes good pitches, though good pitches are harder to share because most people don't want to like have me share their whole good pitches. But bad pitches where I just block out all the identifying information and then share all the like garbage, that those are easy to share. So I share a lot more of those. So anyway, Inbox Monday, hey, Pfeiffer on Instagram. Okay, so when you are, all right, so it's important, let, we, we, let's start, let, let's start by defining some terms here. We're going to start big and we're going to zoom in. Um, what, what I'm talking about are established publications that employ professional journalists. Okay. So that means I'll just, I'll just list here. I'm like, I'm like, there are actually some of those left that employ yes. professional journalists. There are all professional journalists left. There are, I know it's a, it's a rarer and rarer breed, every day really world, but there are plenty of them. Okay. Um, so just going to rattle off brands you've heard of. Entrepreneur, Forbes, Fortune, Fast Company, Inc., Business Week, Business Insider, BuzzFeed, New York Times, Washington Post, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. Um, and now th 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 there's these uh, this other tier of publications that you've like, never heard of that just kind of came out of nowhere that are online only. And um, and I'm you know I'm not going to like call anybody out, but but you know who I'm talking about or you've seen them, right? They're 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 brand new. The writing is terrible. I cannot speak for what those publications are doing. They're not run by professional journalists, that their business model very well may be that they created a website and they made it look like a news outlet and you pay them. I, I don't know. But I'm talking about legitimate publications that employ professional journalists. Okay. So within those publications, there are two often primary um, products. Uh, you know, there's all the digital multimedia stuff, but like what we're talking about two primary products, a print magazine, not everyone has a print magazine, obviously BuzzFeed does not have a print magazine, but all the same, a print magazine and the website. All right, now let's, let's, let's start with this. The print magazine is much easier to understand. Print magazines are almost entirely produced by professional journalists. Everything that you see written in there either was written by a professional journalist or at least a professional journalist has a, had a heavy hand in it. So for example, entrepreneur will sometimes publish essays by entrepreneurs, but it's not, they didn't just like send an essay and we published it. Like, I, in fact, oftentimes we ghost wrote it, right? So what we really did is we, we, somebody, a professional journalist got on the phone with a, with a, the entrepreneur and then interviewed them and then wrote a story in their own voice, in, in that entrepreneur's voice. Okay. So that's very simple. Print magazine, all professionally produced. The website is another story. And the reason for that is because the publishing model is just very different, right? A, a print magazine has to be a high quality product and it, and it only comes out mostly, generally six to 10, six to 12 times a year, depending on the, the publication. Um, so, you know, you can pour a lot of care into that thing. And they're fact-checked, I should also say. A, a, public, a print magazine from a professional, like, like Entrepreneur Magazine is fact-checked. We have fact-checkers. They go through every single word, every letter. They fact-check it. Online, it's not possible. The speed is too fast, and, the, and, and, and the, the measurement of success is different. And what publications generally need to do is just produce as much as possible. And so they have all learned, at least all the business publications, again, Entrepreneur, Forbes, Fortune, Bass Company, et cetera, et cetera. They've all learned that although professional writers expect to get paid for their work, entrepreneurs are happy to write for free because they see it as a personal branding tool. And so they flung the doors open and they said, entrepreneurs, 
come write for us and we'll call you a contributor and you can you can use it to create some legitimacy for yourself in the marketplace or whatever why ever people do it and uh and so now you've created you know you created a double-edged sword here. You, you, sometimes the things that the entrepreneurs produce are really great and wonderful and very useful. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the best traffic stuff uh, on entrepreneur.com is written by these entrepreneurs. So that you know, entrepreneurs have a lot of value to share. It's great. The problem is that it's very very hard to near impossible to ensure that this very large, ever expanding network of people who are not professional writers have no journalism background are actually following the rules. And there are rules, rules set forth. You cannot take money in exchange for, for coverage. I mean, we, we, we discourage our contributors from even quoting anybody because we, we wanna eliminate any appearance or potential for conflict of interest, but it can happen. And so what can happen is that somebody could trick us or any of the other publications, and it you know, and it's happened, into us thinking that they're just a you know another legitimate entrepreneur who runs a marketing company or something like that, and they get through the door, and then once they do, they start selling their stories on the side, and so they'll start they'll start reaching out or they'll do it through an intermediary, so it's not even them. Interesting. And okay, meaning that's. Like I'm a registered contributor for Entrepreneur Online, let's yeah. say. So if I were shady yeah. in theory, I could go to my network or have someone else DM people on social media, hey, do you want to be featured in Entrepreneur? And then I would write That's a story right. about them under That's my right. contributor name. That's right. And then they would pay you. Okay. I get it. That's how it's happening. And then, and then... The next thing that would happen is that at some point somebody would alert us to this because people start, you know, they don't just stay within their network. They just start like blasting it out. Like, like it's a marketing tool. And then yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, if you work with their marketing agency, they'll get you featured on that's entrepreneur.com. Right. That's right. And then somebody will eventually get it and they'll reach out to me or they'll reach out to a team, a team member and they'll, because maybe they know us or maybe they're just upset a lot of people will see it and they'll be like, is this for real? Is this how entrepreneur works, right? And, um, and so, you know, what we do then, what we do is we do a, an investigation and we figure out what, what stories this person who is selling access has been attached to. And then once we establish that, we ban them from the platform and we delete everything that they wrote. Wow. And, and that's, so that's, how it happens. So when you're getting that kind of, hey, for $5,000, you can get an article on entrepreneur. Generally what's happening is that some unscrupulous person has become a contributor and they are, or, or they've somehow managed to, to kind of gain the trust of a contributor, right? Sometimes it's, it's interesting. And I've done, I've spent a lot of time tracking this stuff down because as you can see, I'm very passionate about it and I want it to stop. And so I want to understand what's happening. And it's really interesting. Sometimes what happens is that the contributor is not actually taking the money, but the contributor has formed this kind of blind trusting relationship with somebody who is taking the money. And so, um, so because, because the problem is that a contributor is not, again, not a paid journalist and not a professional journalist. And so they don't understand how to sniff out 
bad publicists or they don't understand like uh, you know uh, you're not supposed if you're a journalist you're not supposed to just write a story about whatever some publicist sends you it's not how it works and and and, and you don't just keep taking this taking like every single client that a publicist has but like that's not a hell that's not a good relationship that's not a relationship that is focused on what matters which is serving the reader and serving value to the reader but I've discovered that sometimes the, the contributor is is actually totally unaware of what's going on, but a publicist has, or a quote unquote publicist or a marketing person or something has developed a relationship with some contributors such that the contributor just writes about every single client that they have. And so they just become a pipeline. And so now the, now the person is able to go out and say, hey, I guarantee for $5,000, I'll get a story about you, right? And now it's like, hmm, this is weird. And how do we even make sense of this? Because the contributor is not technically violating the rules, but they're also being very bad at being a reporter. And so, you know, that that's the reason why entrepreneur's policy has been to discourage anybody from um, from from quoting other people because because it, you know like an entrepreneur is an expert. That's why they're a contributor. Why are you they're going writing to other their own yeah. insights, their why own are you, information? Yes. Why are you quoting anybody else? That doesn't make sense to me. If you're an expert, then write what you know. Don't write what somebody else has to say. That's not the point. A reporter quotes other people because a reporter is not the expert. A reporter is a, a reporter. Flag. I'm saying that's a, an, an AI could pick that up. If that's your flag, then an AI could run through the site and pick up a lot of that. Yes. And so we we discourage that. Also, we have no follow links in contributor stories, which is to say that no link in a contributor story will contribute to anybody's SEO value. Nice. So that way, what we're trying to do is eliminate the marketplace for trying to sell links into contributor stories because it's just not going to get you anything. Uh, and, and so, you know, we, we try to do all these things, but still every once in a while, I will admit something slips through. And when it slips through, we jump on it. The second that we hear about it, and I, we will hear about it. I guarantee you, we will hear about it because I get tips about this stuff, uh, and then we'll take care. And then we'll take care of it. So that's how it happens. That's what you're seeing. I love it. And also, it's just not worth it. I always believe anything you do with the lack of integrity. Listen, karma is a real thing. Like it's gonna come back and bite you, if not directly, indirectly. Like I don't know. I like to sleep at night. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything that I could be worried about. It, it's never worth it to act with dishonesty. I think the part that I feel bad for is that sometimes you have one bad actor and five innocents surrounding them. So, yeah. you know, the five innocents, they don't even know that anything's wrong has been done because they don't know what they don't know. And you got the one bad actor is kind of ruining everybody. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to let the underbelly lie. I love how you broke it down. And I think that everyone listening to this will understand now the difference between legitimate and illegitimate and they can they can now know what they didn't know in order to not be involved um, in something that would lack integrity. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?